the Protect Your Neck Podcast in UFC on ESPN 10 Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. Dark night. It's a dark night. What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analysts is what you can find over at MMAJunkie.com. But on this here program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's before the fight. According to this afternoon time, West Coast Pacific time, Las Vegas time to be exact because Las Vegas will be the exact location of hashtag UFC on Vegas 2, the recently minted UFC on ESPN 10, headlined by Jessica I and Cynthia Calvillo. To skip to where the breakdown starts, you can always check the timestamps located in the show notes section, whether you're listening to the host website mixedmarshallanalyst.com where all the convenient click-throughs are located or apple Podcasts uh for your podcast platform or even on youtube thank you shouts there in fact that'll be the only thing i really pump here subscribe daniel tom mma on youtube helps a lot check the show notes for where to skip where that starts and as per usual if you're really in a rush or you just don't want to listen to me which i totally don't hate you for thank you for even showing up you can skip to the very end where I recap my picks and plays from top to bottom as I do for every breakdown episode. Going to be a couple, um, not news and notes because we're not the news type of show, at least on especially on these breakdown installments, right? But uh, do do have some couple shouts and a listener, a quick listener question before we get to uh, the UFC 250 recap. So... First, just want to thank um, Bowen, director of Beat Water, and everybody who listened to the interview got great feedback on it, uh, helpful feedback, in fact. Uh, thank you very much, those of you. Uh, you know who you are. Um, hopefully, you provided a third-party perspective and sparked interest, which was Beat Water, which, again, uh, if you listen to that interview show, well, provided a third-party perspective as far as kind of what's going on, ironically. Uh, a lot less Bruce Lee, which is fine. Um, even though I'm a Bruce Lee fan, it, it's um, like I was uh, explaining to my man, Ant Evans. Uh, shout, shout out to Ant Evans, one of the more knowledgeable cats in general in this community. And, um, uh, and, and uh, yeah, every time I have conversations with him, uh, I'm always uh, educated. So, so shouts to that gentleman. But, um, you know, and I bring up Ant because uh, he was bringing up uh, factual things that were, you know, not correct which there were a few, needless to say. But even like I addressed with the director on the show, um, I, I opted not to get into it and, and hope that people wouldn't get too hung up on those and took away the grander um, the grander message, which, which again, um, you know, uh, many people did, uh, as I saw. Um, and, you know, some people didn't, you know, some people, and again, people I respect regardless, but, you know, uh, you know, some people who aren't fans, um, like the aforementioned Ant of, of that era and traditional martial arts in general, kind of very dismissive of it. We're, we're dismissive of this, which sucks because 
you know, again, it just, I, I just think it's an important message. Um, and, uh, so, uh, but you know, t- to each their own, um, you don't have to be a Bruce Lee fan. I definitely am not a part of the martial arts lore and I would not dare speak for other Asian Americans, but it's not even so much about, you know, like I was explaining to a friend, it's not even so much about it, the martial arts lore or legendary or the woo woo stuff. I think many of us grew out of that very quickly. Um, but I think a lot of it for the Asian Americans, it was, is, you know, that stoic stragger, swagger, the strength that, that's not often given to our, our characters, you know, even Jackie Chan, they got to make him goofy and they can't let him kiss the female or be macho, right? And just having the interracial friendships like Bruce Lee did, obviously the interracial relationships as well. And, and just overall acceptance, I think, was the theme. So um, hopefully hopefully you guys got that. And speaking of important messages, um, yeah, it's, you know, with everything going on in the news, don't worry, this ain't going to be a political podcast. I will push forward. And, and this isn't really anything political. Sometimes are, there, there are just things that are right and wrong and or things that maybe not right and wrong because it's never black and white. There's too much black and white, right and left. The world has a lot of gray, but there, there's definitely things that just need to be spoken on sometimes. And um, with just trying to push forward, focus on work, which has been really tough. Again, I'm not going to harp on having a heavy heart. Uh, I'm no victim here, um, even though I can share and relate to a lot of the experiences and themes going on to the world. I'm not playing a violin or trying to, folks. But with my, I guess, unique experiences... Um, with certain things, uh, I've been tempted to, to tweet certain experiences. Uh, it, there's been a lot of talk about, even before a, a notorious article at this point um, that my outlet uh, released from an outside contributor dropped. Um, even before that, I was actually thinking about just tweeting some things because people have been talking about interjecting martial arts and to the discussion, and well-meaning, by the way, whether it's fighters or anybody else, as far as trying to educate, better train police officers uh, for and doing their part to make better outcomes. Um, it's all well-meaning, but I don't want to say too much because I, as soon as that article dropped, uh, I will just say, I, I don't want to say I shared the sentiment because there's some really volatile things said about some people I care about uh, who who work, excuse me, who work for Junkie, and I feel like that was unfair. Things to really say toward anybody, much less them, but at the same time, as far as being upset or disagreeing with that article, yeah, I'm 100% there. It upset me. I disagree with it, um, with Mr. Fux, I believe his name is, um, and um, immediately reached out to my editor-in-chief, uh, Simon Samano, about, you know, and I... I I am really being careful about labeling it or even titling it a counterpoint article as I'm in the process of writing it. But although, the, according to Mr. Fox's article, he, he's, he's trained jujitsu. Um, not only is your boy here, um, probably trained a lot more than him in both jujitsu and plenty of other, countless other martial arts since 1992, but my martial arts journey since 1992 has afforded me such things like uh, actually, you know, uh, sharing a brief role and a brief part. In uh, my local Metro Police Department, um, doing a martial arts training program. Of course, I was on the martial arts side, and would like to share how that went, um, and the impressions I got from the, working with the officers, um, to things like working for a security team for a hotel out here, and that involved a lot of crazy stories and experiences, not the least of which one 
or I had to use my jujitsu, and I'm not saying it in a glorified way because it was not a glorified situation. But um, let's just say it involved a chokehold as well. And um, yeah. Um, and of course, since then, working with you know cops in street clothes from just having them as training partners in, the, in various jiu-jitsu gyms or even briefly as, in, in, as coaches at certain points. Um, that being said, I, I, again, I've also been on even another angle of it, which is, and I'm not going to compare it again, like I said at a previous podcast, I want to push on here, folks. I'm not going to get hung up on this. But, uh, you know, again, kind of like with the Be Water documentary, right? Like uh, us Asians are the model minority. We, we've received bad treatment, definitely, but we've received a better treatment in a lot of ways than my, my, my black brothers and sisters. So in no way am I going to compare my experiences. That being said, I've also... Yes, I've I've been on the wrong end of being from wrongfully pulled over to pepper sprayed in the face to things in between, folks. So I'm not an authority. I don't think I'm an authority, nor do I claim to be an authority on anything from martial arts to political or police reform. But um, with those set experiences, it, it it did give me some some perspectives that I I feel like should be offered up. From someone who's experienced the, the, the some of the things that we are talking or lobbying out, and I don't want to spoil the article that will be coming out probably this weekend. I'm mean, gonna still need to get it finished, written. That's outlined right now, but um, it's, I'm having a hard time writing it, folks. To be honest, for many reasons, um, and not to spoil anything, but yeah, I, I don't think martial arts had anything to do with the murder of George Floyd, and I don't think. Um, it's the answer, you know, like these aren't the droids we're looking for. It's, it's not the answer we're looking for. And I'm a martial arts fan, folks. It's nothing to do with that. It's not the answer we're looking for. And there are much more important things to address first, which I'm not going to preach to here. I'll save it for the article and I'm going to move on and focus on fighting and analyzing fights. I promise I'm not taking some fucking turn and being Dan the fucking activist here. Okay, no. Just speaking on what I know, what I feel is right, and to counter what I don't feel is helpful. Let's just say that. And uh, for people that, you know, you don't got to agree with that article, because again, like I just explained, I vehemently disagree myself. Um, You don't got to love my outlet for putting it out. You have the right to your own feelings. I'm not trying to talk you out of it. I appreciate those of you who spared me some nice words that I appreciate it. It's very kind. Um, I just will say to anybody, you know, whether they're attacking my editor-in-chief, Simon, or, or the John Morgans of the world, like, again, man, I'm not telling you who to like, who to agree with, or to agree with every person's decision, but, like, just ease up if you're saying, you know, trying to attack these people's character, or, like, calling them racist or stuff like that. I can tell you that's not the case with either of those gentlemen. Um, they've done so much for me behind the scenes. Simon was more than happy to get uh, to allow me to write um, and share my experiences, which I hope to share with you guys there. To, um, not balance them out for their sakes. I, I offered to do it for free for whatever that's worth, folks, behind the scene. Um, it's just for my own conscience because sometimes you just got to speak up. So uh, I'm going to push on. I just wanted to acknowledge that because that did, you know, upset a lot of people. And I feel like it's, if I'm going to, say people should acknowledge things what from judges in MMA to 
poor police officers, well, then I got to um, I got to acknowledge things as well. Um, so thank you guys. Can push on eleven minutes. Wow, didn't want to spend that long. Hopefully, you guys took my warning and read the timestamp. I want to shout out MMA at MMA underscore Yusuf, listener of the program. Um, he wanted my thoughts on Nunez Shevchenko three. It's kind of less enticing that Dana doesn't seem like he wants to make that anytime soon. Um, however, um, even though you guys know that um, I like weird softball counterfighters, so I'll, I'll I will defend <laughs> Valentina Shevchenko despite her not being the most popular fighter. Um, aside from horny dudes, I mean, you know, amongst my contemporaries, though, uh, the you know. <laughs> The analytical minds of the world, uh, whether you know whether it's uh, whether it's good old Jack Slack or Connor Rebush on Twitter, um, <laughs> let's just say uh, I appreciate their jokes and stuff, and uh, and can definitely see their viewpoints on it as well. Um, but uh, you know, I'm a fan. Um, I would be rooting for her to win. I, I don't know if I could pick her though. I don't know. I think, and more importantly, whether I picked her or not, I, I feel like we would just be destined to get another one of those slow fights. Um, and that's the unfortunate part, really, regardless of who you like there. He also asked me to rank, I think my man's a, a Shevchenko fan here, too. Uh, with No shame, Yusuf, not hating on you. He said, um, Dan, these are currently the best UFC strikers who I can think of. Adesanya, Wonderboy, McGregor, Shevchenko. Struggle to rank these from 4 to 1. Can you rank them? I might be missing someone help. Um, I'll rank those four for you, but off the top of my head, I would give honorable mentions to um, Peter Yan, uh, Justin Gaethje, who really looks like he could be on the path for a second fold that could even further surprise us, and boy, does he have a deadly combination of things um, if he keeps maturing. So I do want to mention him, and um, I'm sure I'm missing people, too, that people are going to get mad at. You know, if Sanhagen would have uh, put on a virtuoso performance and then get just one way sm smashed from uh, Sterling, then maybe he could have been putting himself uh, up there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you gotta you got to have Max Holloway up there, but, again, it's kind of hard. He's coming off a loss, and he's been rebooked in a fight with a guy who's probably going to neutralize him again, Alexander Volkanovsky, so... It, it depends, you know. It really, it really depends. Um, four to one on them, though. I guess I would go Shevchenko four. Um, McGregor three slightly, with Wonder Boy edging him as two. Adesanya one. Uh, I'm sure people could make a case to have those shuffled, but that's just off the top of my head. Thank you for contributing. Anybody wants to contribute, hit me up at DanTomMMA on Twitter or at the PYM Podcast on all social platforms. Again, all the follows help, and I won't spam you there. Uh, speaking of follows, thanks for the shout at Lynch on Sports, who you should already be following. I was going to give him a shout this week, too, the son of a biatch, uh, and I mean that endearingly because I love James. Uh, beat me to it because... Um, Interviews in general, especially his interviews with Calvio and I, I found particularly helpful in this pandemic era. It's the X's and O's, as hard as they are to break down in MMA, are even harder in the pandemic era. So knowing where a fighter's insight is, uh, what their training is like from good interviewers is very helpful. So thank you, James. And shout outs and give some follows to some up and coming interviews, whether it's from my own outlet, Farah underscore Hanoon, who just does great, great worth ethic, ethic, amazing hustle. I wish I was as productive as her. Um, I guess I can continue to blame my post-concussion and migraines, which has been kicking my ass lately, folks. I'm sorry. Between that and the voice, thanks for putting up with me. 
Um, really just trying to cut things out even hardcore and get my health back on track. But till then, follow the fair Hanuns out of the world, who do, uh, Hanuns of the world who are putting out stuff as well as speaking of across the world and up and coming journalists, good interviewers uh, at J H K M M A. Um, and of course, his his YouTube uh, channel is linked there. Um, my Asian brother over there doing great. Uh, John doing great interviews. Shouts to him. And of course, Aaron Bronstader, who it's been kind of a regular appearance lately, doing things uh, on his Periscope over there. Aaron Bronstader is you know one of my favorite. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, journalists, Canadians, Canadian journals, interviewers. Uh, and all the such, just just a good guy all around. So, shouts to him. Um, and uh, all right, UFC 250 recap. Uh, it's, we're gonna push through everything pretty fast, folks. I'm sorry for the extra notes and kind of venting off the top. I apologize if it came off that way. It was not meant to. Um, we went eight and four overall picks, two for two in straight plays, one and zero oh in props, and although I went and chased and layered, like I'd said, I will, I will eat shit uh, because the main parlay piece failed. So 0-1, I'll give myself no credit for the parlay pieces, as we'll get to that in a second. Um, Headline by Amanda Nunez defeating Felicia Spencer by unanimous decision. You know, there was a lot of uproar that should have been stopped, and I get the people saying it wasn't as bad as Smith and Teixeira. Um... And there certainly is my mentality, although I went back to look at my tweets and I don't feel like I was too... I think I waited till like at the end of the fourth round to finally tweet this should be stopped. Uh, or, you know, it could be stopped. That wasn't using exclamation marks, caps, or re- hitting the point. Nothing wrong with people who were. Again, we, we should be thinking more on the side of safety. Um... And there is something to when everybody starts reacting a certain way, we all do, you know, crying robbery or stop, bad stoppage or whatever. There's a echo chamber effect on Twitter or anywhere, right, folks? Uh, you know, um, it's kind of human nature. You know, something I used to do, I don't know if you guys did. Remember, like, he has a, I don't know how, how school is around the world, but for a certain point of American schools, you have six periods and there's a bell that rings, right? I think that's pretty universal. And... What I used to love to do is I would wait like about four minutes, uh, four minutes before um, class. God, you know, some men just want to watch the world burn. Uh, this is what I would do, Jesus Christ. Uh, about four minutes before, because even the people who are early to get start packing up their stuff to get ready to go to the next period or they wanted to just leave because it was the last period for the end of the day, um, even those early bird packers weren't packing at the four-minute mark. Three minutes, now you people are starting to pay attention. They're starting to wrap up. So you got to do it right about five going to four minutes. And all I would do is I'd look around the room just to check to make sure nobody got a head start on me and nobody beat me to it. Oh, sure enough, everybody's wrapping their work or their conversations. And all I would do is I would rustle my backpack. Just rustle it. And just the rustling of the backpack would, was just like set up. was like a dog whistle. And people, you would, I would just look around the room and sure enough, a good 20 to 30% would, would or maybe like 20% initially start would pick it up. And go would hear the hear the rustling of the bag, and they would look at the clock and go, oh, oh, it's almost time. And they would start they would start packing up, and then their action of packing up would create other people to pack up. And next thing you know, within thirty seconds, at least half the room is starting to pack up. Now, at which point the teacher is going to see the teacher starts noticing. Uh, it breaks their level of concentration, and they go, why is everybody packing up so early? 
All right. You guys decided to pack up early three minutes. Guess what? We're going to stay three minutes or some shit. You know, back when teachers could do that shit. And I would be laughing just because I, even though I had to suffer too, I was an agent of chaos. As my my my, uh, my my buddy goes, would always say, agent of chaos. Yep. And uh, sorry. So there's a lot of that on Twitter. And as a guy who actually picked Nunez by decision and made a comparison to Mark Hominick, Jose Aldo, granted I made that comparison in the spirit of I thought Felicia Spencer could have a late rally. But no, um, Felicia Spencer ended up having a fat hematoma on her forehead. Um, so in, in a sense, I guess my prediction was right, both by decision and uh Hominick Nunez-esque, right? So, um, yeah. Nunez is in that, like, prime BJ Penn, Anderson Silva territory where you're like, who who's going to even fight this person next? Um, or George St. Pierre ter- territory. Shout out to uh, Nate Evans and uh, at MMA True Fan. I'm going to do a special interview with them coming up. Um, going to actually record it tomorrow, but it'll come out probably later this weekend, folks, so keep an eye out for that. Go check out their George St. Pierre audio, audio doc. It was awesome. Cody Garbrandt defeated Rafael Asuncao via second-round knockout. Wow. Um, Asuncao looked, didn't look in the greatest shape. He looked slow. Kind of like what I, even though I picked him, not, I'm trying to backtrack, but I said he, he'd come out here and look slow, folks. That was a common thread with the slip-ups of late, you know, the Marlon Marais with the hand speed, etc. And Cody Garbrandt, though, was measured. Um, still has that damn hand speed. And um, like I said, is, is, does his best work countering at heart. And uh, counter he did. As obvious, as emphatic as he, as, as he was. It, it was funny. Um, my mom saw that one too. She actually came in the room probably say, you know, goodnight or something. That was probably late at night for, for, for her. Uh, for people that don't know. I know I don't live in my mother's basement, but I do, I do take care of her. And... Um, and, uh, yeah, and I said, and it was like 15 seconds left. And I didn't want to give her the finger, like, oh, hold on, because I felt rude. But I was, at the same time, I had a feeling, you know, 50 seconds left, let me finish the round. So I said, well, hold on one second, Mom. And, and kind of pointed to the screen so she could see why I was saying it, at least. And she did, and so she didn't think I was being rude or anything. She came over and gathered by the screen and watched. And we both just watched that knockout happen. And, uh, she... <laughs> She and she was just like oh, and it was just crazy, you know, because you know, she's got a certain reaction about her recovering from her own brain trauma herself with the brain surgery. So she was just literally eyes wide open, jaw dropped. And I would usually go to console her or any casual fan to say it's okay, this is a part of the sport, but my fucking jaw was dropped too. Um, so yeah, good on Cody, man. Sucks for Rafael Sunsal. It sucked for a lot of the underrated guys. We'll get to him later. Uh, Corey Sanhagen, not underrated, but just got washed by that rear naked choke, like I said, with Aljamain Sterling. I picked Aljo to win, but, you know, I, I said that, you know, it's bad news that, you know, guys could get to his back and kind of muscle him down, um, even though Sanhagen showed good scrambling abilities. That being said, did I expect Sterling to just take the path that me and many spoke of could have happened? No, not necessarily, man. Sure enough, he did. So props to Aljo. He's a rightful contender in my eyes. Um, by the way, the Sun Sal play got sunk in the water, but the Magni play hit. And I went back and I layered him with someone else who I originally parlayed with like I did tease, and that paid off. So thank you, Neil Magmeg. Uh, as he defeated 
Rocco Martin by unanimous decision. Um, oh, your boy's hungry. I'm gonna be speeding this up here so I can I can get to it. Uh, Sean O'Malley defeated Eddie Wyland. Uh, that was a beautiful knockout as well. Sad for Wyland. Dude, the two WEC guys got on the card get starched, huh? Fucking WEC. Sad. Alex Caceres, um defeated Chase Hooper. Just washed him. Looked bad, but good on Caceres, man. Happy to be wrong there. And Hooper, you know, like Rogan said, probably doesn't belong, unfortunately. Not to be a dick. Wishing him well. Uh, speaking of... Uh, you know, sunk in the battleship. And more importantly, just, it sucks because, you know, GM3, Gerald Mearshart never got to get going. Ian Heinish, man, who looked all kinds of pumped up after that Thailand training camp as a, as a, shout to my, my dude over there, true UK fan. Uh, I apologize. I haven't been doing too many post-fight shows with these cards and my voice trying to, trying to save it, but uh been popping into my man Wes's and that dude's always talking shit, but, uh, you know, it's the kind of shit that I love, and you all know I love Wes, so we uh, <laughs> definitely had some theories on that. But, uh, hey, man, I ain't going to hate, man. Heinish did his, his thing, so good on him, man. I ain't, I ain't hating. Uh, hopefully GM3 can get back on that horse, though, man, um, and he's, he's all right. You know, I'm, I'm always partial to GM3. Uh, Cody Stamen defeated Brian Kelleher via unanimous decision. Happy for Stamen, man. The outpouring of emotion. Kelleher, of course, was all class. Maki Patolo. Of course, he went Nick Diaz on Charles Bird, Charles Bird there inside boxing him against the clinch and off the brakes. Can't trust him, so it's hard to pump my chest. But yeah, that dog taking that uh, dog and him coming through the way I predicted didn't hurt. Um, props to Charles Bird for retiring, man. Sucks. I didn't get to go out on a win, but I hope he's all right. Alex Perez. Saved my butt as well with that. The lone prop that I played coming through by TKO. Hopefully you guys tailed on that one against Juicy A Formiga, which sucks because I'm a Formiga fan. And you want to talk about underrated guys and vets just not getting their due that night. Boy, Formiga ended up on that list. Brutal, those kicks. Um, Saving my voice for this. Devin Clark defeated Alonzo Minifield. Sunk my battleship, but you know what, man? Uh, how can I hate you know losing such a crucial piece? If I'm going to do it, it's going to be to Devin Clark coming through through adversity. You know, the guy who falls apart. He looked like he was going to fall apart in the first round, got his orbital crushed, but, you know, he fights through adversity. So Devin Clark deserved the win. Um, shut me up. More than happy to admit it. Happy for you, Devin Brown Bear. And let's be honest, shouts to Aaron, and as well as the feature, go check out the feature, as my dude Nolan King, an MMA junkie, uh, released on uh, Devin Clark's Secret Sauce, his corner man, David Clark, his dad. You guys know, I've been I've been pumping him up for years on this podcast. Let me sip some water. Come on, come on, Devin. Come on, Brian, Uh My favorite part of the whole thing, though, is when uh, Devin Clark looked like he was about to crumple from getting crushed in the eye, and you just hear his dad go... Fight God damn it! Fight God damn it! <laughs> Sorry for years, folks. <laughs> that was the best part, though. Oh, now I don't have a voice for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Fight God damn it! No technical advice. His job is to solely pump him up. Herbert Burns wasn't through body shots, although he was looking through those body kicks. Um, took Evan Dunham down and subbed him, man. That's, that's, that was rough to see. 
hopefully uh, Dunham, I don't know if he's done now, but um, either way, I saw that his school's opening back up, so hopefully he gets back to that and business is okay. You guys know I'm always going to have love for Evan Dunham. That was hard to see. It was hard to pick. But yeah, that was that card. All right, folks, let me timestamp the time here. 28. I'm trying to keep this under an hour as we move on to UFC on ESPN Plus 10. I'm sure the odds page has expired as it did. I'm going to pull it up now. Headlined by a strawweight meeting between former Bantamweight Jessica I, who's been well-established now at her old weight class of flyweight, where Cynthia Calvillo is the newcomer to this weight class. She's also a newcomer to AKA, as I found out, uh, no longer with Buckholtz or Tiger Muay Thai or even with the crossover of jiu-jitsu trainers there for uh, Team Alpha Male, which sounds like it was for the better. So uh, regardless of my official fic, looking forward to that. Cynthia Calvillo comes in, was initially opened and was the underdog, uh, but now they are dead even at minus 110. As I said in my video breakdown, the value is whoever has a plus money on there. Uh, next to their name. Uh, I, of course, went with Jessica I. Of course, there's a bit of a extreme couture bias. She works with my, my dude, Eric Nixick. But, I mean, I'm going to admit that bias. And, and it's biased for good reason. I mean, Eric Nixick's been doing really well. Uh, if you look at his fighters and just the progressions. Hopefully, um, Ngannou will be able to show more than he's been able to show. But Dan Ige, of course, you know... Uh, one of the best guys he works with as far as their relationship goes. And we've seen Ige um, catapult, of course, credit to Ige. But I'm just saying, Eric's definitely helped. And um, he's been, been helping Jessica, uh, you know, uh, and uh, introducing her training partners like Gray Maynard to help with her wrestling and, and reestablish that part of Jessica's strength to focusing on her grappling with people like Gustavo Lopez, who actually made it on this card, who we'll talk about. Um, and Jessica, I was actually, as she revealed, was getting ready for a submission underground. So, um, doesn't hurt that she was focusing on her grappling before taking a fight with the fighter who is going to present most of her danger in the grappling and the scrambling zone. That is Cynthia Calvillo, who I always love and seldom ever pick against. And had a hard, and and and, and I would have picked against her. You know, I'm not worried. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have pissed my man Eric off if I picked against Jessica. I. So that's not why I picked Jessica I here, folks. Um, but but so yeah, if Cynthia Calvia does come through, I wouldn't be mad in the slightest, man. Uh, it, was, it was tight, but you know, camp changes take adjustments, and I feel like Just Guys had a chance to work through that, get used to the weight class that she's already been at, has more experience, more experience against bigger, stronger girls. So as long as she doesn't get in prolonged scrambling exchanges that can be dangerous with the smaller fighter, um, I think she can be okay there. You know, she can wrestle defensively and offensively, but yes, her defensive now is not impervious, like I stated in the video. But when she has been taken down, even in relevant fights, she go she shows a good savvy underhook get up half guard to two on one grips, knowing how to turn around or defend slash thwart and stymie a back take. So I, I saw a lot of things that I like that haven't not only been slept on, but in fact have shown to have been sharpened. So um, does that mean she can't get submitted by Cynthia Calvillo? Of course not, folks. Five rounds is a long way to go with a fighter who I give an edge to in the finishing department, which is Cynthia, uh, especially in that smaller cage, right, folks? However, um, Calvillo, as being an underrated wrestler as she is, unless she does her padded kick catch counters uh, to get the takedown, um, I don't know if I trust her. Even when she's hit those kick catch counters, like against... Uh, 
I believe it was in the first round against Courtney Casey, who is now flyweight as well. She didn't capitalize on that, and it could have cost her the fight. It was a competitive fight, although I don't disagree. Picked her to win. Um, but, you know, she hasn't gone to her grappling as vehemently as, 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 as you know, as she might have before. Um, is that the trend where fighters get away from their grappling? I, I wouldn't like to think so. I would like to think it's just a growing pain, and especially with the growing pains she stated herself with the camps and moving around, maybe it made sense that we didn't see a consistent Cynthia Calvillo win or lose or draw, right? Um, so, so that makes sense. Uh, I think AKA could be a good camp. I don't know how many females they have there or experienced coaching females, but... You know, and even she says so herself. She didn't only train part of her camp there. She keeps emphasizing things were crazy. So between things being crazy, which isn't hard to swallow with the current state of the world, to the adjusting period that does happen between camps, um, it's it's hard to be confident in Calvillo, which is why I picked I, because I think this is going to stay on the feet in there. Even though Calvillo can put together com uh, combinations, and I believe, according to the stats, may have a slight edge in the output, I don't think it's as consistent output, nor is her process as consistent either because uh, she tends to hang out on the outside, and hanging out on the outside becomes extra dangerous in the small cage. And in the small cage and in the pandemic era, judges seem to be penalizing fighters even more so, even when they are, in my opinion, um, you know, doing more effective work off the counter. Judges still aren't, aren't, aren't being too kind to that, folks. What can you say? So uh, the more consistent, bigger uh, fighter with more experience going to be pushing forward. The aggressor has got some fundamental boxing, improving her kicks on the feet, etc. And Jessica, I, I'll take her. Um, not intending on playing her, but if money keeps coming in in Calvillo and there ends up being a plus money next to I's name, uh, I'll probably take a shot, not going to lie, folks. Uh, but right now there is no plus money. The pick is Jessica I. Next fight, Marvin Vittori minus 230. Versus Carl Roberson, plus 190. We've got a Southpaw versus Southpaw matchup. Um, you know, it gets tricky when we're talking about uh, Carl Roberson's record against Southpaws because he lost to uh, Cesar Fajeda, but that was on the ground, right? So how much of it was due to him being a Southpaw? Um you know, he doesn't fight many other southpaws until his most recent fight, Roman Kopilov, where he did really well, showed the leg kick, something that Marvin Vittori is going to have to uh, address, which we'll talk about here in a second. But both guys showed that uh, in their most recent fights that they can, um, you know, overcome some adversity, push hard uh, late in the fight. So uh, hard to discount either there. And in the K1, not K1, um, glory kickboxing, which gets to get, which tends to get boasted pretty heavily, uh, which I get, comment uh, from the commentary standpoint or from a preview standpoint. Uh, Roberson didn't fight much, and I believe lost more than he won. However, you know uh, the Jerome LeBanner is is uh you know when looking at um people who could fight from a southpaw stance there. Uh, that fight's tricky as well in sample size when you go back to watch that. There's there's a lot of, you know, you could you could argue you could very easily argue that could have been stopped before it was, and the outcome could have been uh, different in the official reading. So it gets tricky. Uh, Marvin Vittori, 
aside from taking southpaw kicks or leg kicks from Cesar Vajeda, both to the leg and to the calf, which Vittori just seems like a tank all around, man. He really, you know, go, mows through. Um, and what, you know, Adesanya switches stances. Um, Vittori traditionally, you know, I, I feel like he can do well against that southpaw stance as far as pressuring through. Uh, his takedowns may even be there, you know, uh, more as well from that stance. Um, Carl Roberson, underrated ground game, especially how he takes the back, you know, um, not just a striker. However, as much as I want to talk about him being underrated on the ground from certain positions, um, Vittori's brown belt is legit. And um, Vittori's got uh, a lot of other good kickboxing guys and southpaws to work with from that Kings MMA scene. So it's not going to be um, too much of a surprise for him. Uh, hopefully the emotions don't get the better of him that he showed. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like Vittori as a parlay piece like I did last time. So uh, I, I did two parlay options, kind of learning off my lesson. Instead of waiting to do it late like last time and tease it, I'm just going to do it up front, give it to you up front. But uh, I did two different parlay pairings because there's not a lot that I like, not a lot of dogs that I like, spoiler alert, on this card. So uh, no disrespect to Carl Roberson, who I do like, but I got Vittori here. Va bene, non tripicu pare, sti cazzi. Uh, all right, we're going to go. Uh, we got Murab Devalashvili, minus 780. Gustavo Lopez, late replacement, as Combate Americas has released him to play at plus 460. Uh, most people don't know about Gustavo, man. He's been around for a minute. Uh, wrestler, longtime wrestler, uh, not afraid to grapple, take a back, scramble, could play from his guard. Um, he's got knockout power in his hands. You can stop before, but you, you look at the guys and the points of his career. Um, you can't hate it. Bantamweight does have a deceptive amount of bangers, folks, both regionally and at the top levels. I would dare say Gustavo is one of those. You look at that shifting right hook, he southpaw knockout he's, he, he hit in Cabante Americas. And I've seen his grappling for days. Um, you know, he's someone who's taught a lot of people. decided He's worked with a lot of pros, uh, Misha Tate before Jessica I, as far as the female goes, a lot of males as well, folks. Um, he's a uh, he's very respectable talent. He's a lot more, uh, I don't know about a lot more, but he's li he's livelier than the number is going to be placed next to him. Uh, so be weary, folks. Marab's going to have to not sleep, but how can you bet against Marab de Villashvili, you know? Um, he is going to be my pick, but my heart is going to be with Gustavo Lopez, who, again, folks, don't sleep on. And uh, if this number keeps getting any higher, you bet your ass I'm going to sprinkle. Biasly small, but again, folks, don't fucking follow me there. Um, it's just one of those MMA things that I would do, bias or not, when lines get wide, especially when I do know the guy and there is bias. He's actually really good. Uh, that being said, as an analyst, I'm not going to bullshit you, folks. Of course, the pick is Marab de Valashvili. Um, so make with that as you will. That's the honest truth. Andre Fili minus two thirty five. Charles Air Jordan plus one ninety five. Um, man, man, Jordan upsets. Uh, I had respect for him before. I have even more respect for him now. Uh, I like the kid's honesty. Even if he says he's scared of Fili, it comes off Justin Gaethje esque. Um, this kid's got balls. Don't you know? Um, fights from the southpaw stance very well. Does his homework. Uh, brown belt in jujitsu himself. Un underrated there, but Feely is an underrated wrestler where he's going to have the advantage there. I believe he's going to be able to score power doubles 
and uh, if he needs to adjust, um, I don't think he's going to be able to finish Jordan there. Jordan's again very good at scrambling, and he will probably scramble to his feet more often than not. But I do see Feely, be, Feely being able to score and adjust more broadly and in that fashion. Feely likes to go to a southpaw stance for distance, which will be interesting. Um, he made that adjustment a little too late in the Sadiq Yusuf fight, uh, but we saw how effective he is there. He's not going to have that distance or comfortability because Jordan is shown to do, do do pretty well despite losing in the southpaw versus southpaw matchup to uh, Desmond Green. Um, is shown to do well otherwise with leg kicks and kicks in general that Feely will have to respect. However... If Feely fights him from his orthodox stance, you know, one of Feely's best weapons, which he's rocked and fit, sparked off finishes before, which is that head kick. He's going to have that open gate, that open stance matchup that invites that right head kick. So perhaps going from an orthodox stance won't be too bad. Feely showed an improved jab, but how will his jab be against a southpaw, much less a southpaw who can strike and counter competently like Charles Jourdain? So uh, there's give and takes all across the board here that you could justify this line being closer. In fact, I probably would have lined it a bit closer. However, I still would have lined Andre Feely the favorite. And since he's out of range to play straight up, I did pair him up um, for borderline plus money. I think like plus 1.09 or something, barely. Just above uh, even money, uh, plus money. Uh, Vittori and Feely in the minus 230 ranges, pairing them up together. A dangerous one, which is why I paired up Vittori with someone else, because uh, I don't want to completely disrespect Charles Jourdain. Um, don't jump off the cliff, folk. Just just admitting what I played here. I got, uh, for a guy who doesn't parlay much, I got two two pieces, both involve, boy. The parlay piece, indeed, which is Vittori. But, uh, yeah, I did take a shot on Feely for one of those. But, uh, again, folks, um, even though I'm playing him as a parlay piece, which is insane in MMA, leaving room to be surprised, I, I, I don't don't mean to disrespect Jordan because I definitely don't, folks. Uh, but you guys know i got love for Feely, who's been coming into his own physically, skill-wise, mentally. Um, I just like what I'm seeing from Feely, folks, so. Uh, and I think that length and, and stuff is going to be something that um, may be a problem for Jordan. I think he likes it. We'll see. All right. Jordan Espinosa minus 165. Mark Delarosa plus 145. The pick is Espinosa here. Um, he was my lean in, uh, but I got scared away from playing him after. I, and again, I, no, no disrespect. Mark Delarosa seems like a nice guy. Wife definitely seems nice as well. Um, not hating, wish them the best, best of their family. Um, he's definitely more of a process-driven fighter than the opportunism and dancing around the outside of Espinosa. However, um, I, I haven't been too high on Mark De La Rosa's process. Um, he's really got to be, has got to have a distinct ground advantage, in my opinion, because his workman-like jab, um, he doesn't really have the power and diversity on the feet. Um, it's where I can see him dominating or making it that clear of a case for him on the scorecards against the more opportunistic uh, Jordan Espinosa. And Jordan Espinosa, I think, is the better wrestler. We'll have to see on the night. Uh, he has slipped up and slipped up costly. Um, again, Alex Perez is no joke, folks. It was kind of crazy that Espinosa was ranked higher than him. Uh, again, for people that uh, were questioning why I question Perez's ranking spot. That's why, because I keep telling you guys Perez is good and he keeps proving me and many right so uh, thank you again Alex Perez for that but yeah um but still even though it was Alex Perez just seeing that 
him get taken down and make kind of poor decisions. Um, this is just really risky against a guy like Mark Delarosa, who that is a specialty. He's jujitsu, so I'm gonna pick Espinosa. I'm not confident in it. In, in fact, it is on the avoid list on what is a card that should be on the avoid list. Uh, next fight, also on the avoid list, uh, Maria Agapova minus 300 against Hannah Stafford. Go right in the fight week back. Hold it, don't get. Um, who, you know, I can't help but love Anna Hannah Cyphers, man. I wouldn't be upset if she upset it. But her strength is on the feet with, you know, uh, striking, whether it's uh, boxing or the art of eight limbs. But boxing and striking seems to be Maria Agapova's credentials and her specialty as well. Uh, I, I like her speed better. I'll take her, but I didn't watch, I didn't refresh myself on fight footage, folks. So that, amongst many other reasons, you don't need my analysis for. It is on the avoid list. Um... All right, next fight, Kevin Aguilar, minus 190, Charles Rosa, plus 165. Spoiler alert, I like pretty much almost all favorites, I believe, here, folks. Charles Rosa was the dog that I was looking at. You know it, because you know I love Boston Strong. I always have been a big believer in Boston Strong. Rarely pick against them. Play him whenever I can. You know I was looking to pick and play him here, however. Uh, despite Kevin Aguilar not maybe uh, doing as well as as some might have wanted him to, I feel like, again, you look at guys like Ige, who were in the spirit of underrated fighters, who I was trumping uh, for a reason, folks. Um, you know, don't be too harsh on Kevin Aguilar, the angel of death. Underrated ground game and scrambling, too. I always keep forgetting that when I go look at him. I always just think he's just a stout takedown defense uh, counter-striker with heavy hands. Um, and But I also forget that he can be rocked, too. However, Charles Rosa, you know, again, he doesn't really sit down on his punches, not the one punch or a knockout or a heavy-handed guy. Um, uh, no offense, Charles. Uh, you know, I, I love Boston Strong, but that's just that's just being fair, right? That's a fair criticism. He's tough as all hell. He's game. He's scrappy. Um, but I feel like we've seen guys with uh, underrated jiu-jitsu and takedown defense who have that gear to fight and scrap and counter-strike and can sit down on their punches on their feet and, uh, you know, complete dif uh, different style, but s sharing those themes is why I highlighted those themes in um, Shane Burgos, um, if I, you know, f for lack of a good analog uh, to Kevin Aguilar. Um, so, in other words, as much as I love Charles Rosa, folks, the pick is Kevin Aguilar because I feel like it's just a bad matchup. I'd be lying to myself as an analyst if I went the other way. As much as I do, and in fact, um, even got swayed so much to the point where I paired uh, that minus 190. I uh, felt it went nicely with a minus 230 for some even more solid plus money uh, for a unit. Um, so I did Vittori and Feely for a unit. Don't follow me off these clips, folks, but I also did Vittori and Kevin Aguilar for a unit, both at plus money. Uh, different rates, better rate at the Kevin Aguilar one, which I actually kind of feel a little better about um, than having to go against... Uh, uh, a developing, improving Charles Jordan, but those are my plays. I already, I already hit send on those plays. So what are you gonna do? Um, another on the avoid list is next: Julia Avila minus six hundred. Uh, Gina Mazzani plus four fifty. Of course, you guys know I got some bias for uh, Gina Mazzani, um, and you know her ties with Extreme Couture. Um, so I got love uh, for Gina. I don't know if she's gonna have Eric or Dennis Davis. Shout out to the Piranha in her corner. Or not, or who she's with. I, I didn't do tape study. Another reason why this is on the avoid list, plus my bias. So I'll be rooting for Gina. I'll probably sprinkle on her just because those are stupid odds. But Julia Velia, 
strength is similar to Mizani's in the sense that it's grappling and speaking of strength, Julia Villa looks like she's uh, she's pretty strong. So, um, yeah, Mita Song. I'm going to take Julia Avila as the official pick, but I'm hoping for Gina Mazzani to upset. All right, on the avoid list. Here's another fight I was looking to play, although it wasn't for the dog, although, you know, well, I'll get to that. Tyson Nam minus 125. Uh, Zaruch plus 105. Um, I don't think the line opened this close. Although I don't think it opened too wide, and I think money has come in on Adashev. As I get it, um, I may even look at Adashev to upset, but no, I was looking to play Nam, who is the, the pick here. I mean, you know, it's hard not to pick a guy with his experience who's due to get a win, who's had nothing, and you know, not just because it's due because it's the right thing, but no, he 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 took short notice and really bad matchups. Like Kai Kara France and Sergio Pettis are probably some of the worst matchups for you know a more plotting, low-output counter-striker like a Tyson Nam. Um, so let's go look at this guy with four fights. It should be a blind play, a blind bet. Thankfully, I didn't blind bet because I was actually really impressed with Zaruk Adashev, who I believe uh, was glory kickboxer as well, but had much more uh, kickboxing matches than uh, Carl Roberson, not to pick it on Carl, just saying as far as perspective when that's brought up. Um, so he was labeled as a kickboxer, a uh, southpaw, right? Um, which is interesting, especially for Nam, because it's you know, how, how does that does that take away a lot of his leg kicks? I haven't seen Nam against a lot of southpaws off memory. Um, it'll open up his high kick, which will be nice uh, and dangerous. The one that he knocked out Bali Aga, uh, Ali Baga Aoutinov with in Russia, um, and his right hand will be open, his counter right hand. But is it not, Nam stuck? against a more mobile fighter who this guy, Adashev, looks like he can strike coming forward off the counter uh, from the southpaw stance. Um, he's got uh, just a real diverse arsenal. And then when I watched his last Bellator fight, it looks like you know he's talking about how he comes from actually a Sambo um, background, an Uzbekistani guy, uh, fights out of Brooklyn, uh, Adashev. Uh, and his Sambo looks pretty good too because he's going for arm bars and only does it really quickly and briefly because he uses it to scramble back to his feet. So he's a attack-and-go kind of a guy. Um, his takedowns look really good. He's got a really good level change uh, double. Uh, he can hit uchimadas and a bunch of different kind of hip toss and variations from over- and underhook combinations. Forgive me, I am not a judo uh, specialist as far as the names. I only know all the basic uh, vanilla shit. Um, but, yeah, it, it was all there. And I was like, holy shit. And this guy looks like a little tank, man. He's... Uh, young, um, dude, he's ripe to upset here. He's ripe to upset. He scared me the way uh, he scared me away from playing Nam. He didn't quite scare me away from picking him because this guy is still Adashev is still taking this fight on last minute. Um, and uh, it is at flyweight, you know. So let, let, so he's still gonna be uh, making a cut even though he's a smaller guy. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm still gonna take Nam, who I believe has got you know three inches of height and four inches of reach on him. So I'll take Nam, but I'm scared. I got scared away from this. I got scared away. Um, good luck if you're gonna play it. Um, although I would probably say at this point it's really dog or pass. And, and again, I'm picking Nam here. Uh, I I admittedly didn't get to look into this one because I I was looking to play Jordan Griffin at minus one sixty five against. Derek Minner, uh, plus 145. I still may sprinkle D-Gen-wise. I like Jordan Griffin. He's a really scrappy kid. 
Uh, both these guys are like the submission. They can also be submitted. Um, however, I, I feel like Griffin has more pathways to win. Um, I feel like he will hold up it longer without combusting. I feel like Derek Matt, uh, Minner is very do or die. His game, he's scrappy, but he's also very do or die. His record reflects that. He only has one TKO to his 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 win to his record, whereas um, Jordan Griffin's one TKO loss was early to, in his career and was by a doctor stoppage cut. So again, just kind of saying how tough and scrappy this Jordan Griffin kid is. His camp, I think he's got a higher ceiling. I'll probably play him. The reason why I haven't, nor can I tell you to go play him is because I didn't do tape study on this fight, folks. I didn't get to it. I apologize. And and on that note, um, if I've been going late on it, I apologize. Not just blaming pandemic or work or crazy things or tech things behind the, behind the, uh, the scenes. Um, yeah, migraines, all these things are true. No, I'm, I'm going to own up to it, folks. I apologize. I, I haven't been doing my normal tape study up to my normal standard, whether I've been having good nights or not. Um, Nevertheless, I have a certain standard I like to keep. I apologize for that. Don't think it's going to be a habit, though, because there's actually something going on uh, in the works. Um, I'll be providing. Let's just say. Let's just say I'll. I'll be stepping it. I'll be stepping it back up because I'll. I'll have to. No, no, no. Because that, that's what I've been working toward lately behind the scenes. Um, it's all been for a reason, folks. Uh, I'm gonna be. Everything I do with Junkie, I'm still going to be doing with Junkie. Everything I'm doing in this podcast, I'm still going to be doing with this podcast, folks. I'm just going to be providing more um, betting uh, content. And that content is going to be uh, a different place. It'll be uh, announced, but don't worry. Guess what? Just like the Junkie stuff, just like this stuff, it's all going to be free because that's... That's always been me, man. Um, not hating on anybody who puts their stuff behind a wall, whether it's writers who I respect or people doing the uh, the tout grind. I'm not going to hate, man. If you that's your hustle, just because it's not my style doesn't mean I'm going to hate um, on that. But uh, again, folks, I, I, I try to make it a point to keep everything free. So don't you worry. But uh, more is coming both in podcast and written form for gambling content. It'll only be extra and it will be free. So... Don't worry. You rest assured there. A little teaser for you. Um, but, yeah, I, I I may end up playing Jordan Griffin, but he's the pick. Um, Anthony Ivey, minus 185. Christian Aguilera, plus 160. Uh, guy with Christian Aguilera ended up fighting. Go figure, right? Um, I actually liked what I saw, you know. But the thing is, I didn't watch all the body of work. And when I, I though I actually did kind of actually try to find hunt these guys' most recent fights down, and I wasn't able to, although, again, I didn't have a lot of time and didn't go that deep. But you'll see Christian Aguilera knocking dudes out. You're like, oh, crap. And from what I saw, Anthony Ivey, you didn't see that great of striking. He just really usually seems to be a means to the end to push people toward the cage. So I'm like, shit, this guy's a, Anthony Ivey's a black belt, but he's been submitted twice. What kind of black belt is he? I haven't heard too much about this camp that he's from, San Antonio, Texas, whereas Christian Aguilera is training with Team Oyama, and this guy's a brown belt, man. Um, how bad How bad could he be on the ground? Um, live dog here to knock out? Then you look, you know, this guy's Aguilera has been knocked out a lot throughout his career, varying levels of competition, granted, a lot of it decent. Um, so not trying to condemn the kid, but then you're like, hmm, okay. And then smaller cage. Uh, maybe that will affect the guy who wants to push to the cage and grapple. Um, 
and can handle himself at range and will have the range if he wants to use it, which is Anthony Ivey. So I, I went really close to picking and maybe even playing Aguilera for lack of dogs on this card, but I ended up picking Ivy as this is a, probably a fight that you could just avoid. A dog or pass, um, but you, you probably could just avoid and just wait and see what these guys do. Is my honest opinion. All right, let us recap as we're going to get out of here. We covered a lot, folks. Um, all right, going from top to uh, top to bottom. Um, taking Jessica I over Cynthia Calvillo. Taking Marvin Vittori over Carl Roberson. Taking Marab Devalishvili over Gustavo Lopez. Hearts with Gustavo. Uh, taking Andre Fili over Charles Air Jordain. Taking Jordan Espinoza over Mark De La Rosa. Taking Maria Agapova over Hannah Cyphers. Taking Kevin the Angel of Death Aguilar over Charles. Yo, 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 he's just Boston, man. Uh, over Boston Strong, Rosa. Taking Julia Avila over Gina Mazzani. Hearts with Gina. Look at all these excellent people I'm picking against, folks. You can't call me biased, right? I admit it when it's there, and I don't always go with the steering wheel. Taking <laughs> Tyson Nam over Zaruch Adashev. Taking Jordan Griffin over Derek Miner. Taking Anthony Ivey over Christian Aguilera. Marvin Vittori is the main parlay piece as I paired him with Andre Feely for plus money and did a separate uh, pairing with him and uh, Kevin Aguilar for plus money as well. Straight plays. Um, if Nam goes to an underdog, maybe I'll, I'll squeeze the trigger on him. But uh, And if I goes to an underdog, I'll probably squeeze the trigger on her. But really, folks, no straight plays. I may play Jordan Griffin. Uh, go back to those breakdowns to see why if you skip to the end. No props here, folks. A big N.A. on the avoid list. Uh, Mazzani Avila, uh, Cyphers Agapova, De La Rosa Espinoza, and Lord knows a lot more. Thank you all for joining me. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do a post-fight because, again, I'm going to be doing a uh, special interview and, and, and stuff, that a uh, Sunday show that will be released anyways. So um, unless you guys demand it and it's a crazy card, otherwise probably not um, – Wow, that's probably going to be uh, episode 200, that next one. Um, shit, next episode will be episode 200. Thank you guys for supporting this 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 shit show. All the shouts and, and love that you give me, uh, regardless. I really appreciate it. Don't feel I deserve it, but I appreciate it. Um, sharing the podcast is the biggest thing you could do. It is for free. Um, I, I try to retweet all the shares uh, as possible, although I am kind of weird about retweeting like direct compliments about me because I'm not hating you if you do that. Again, I'm just... Self-deprecating day in here. I just feel fucking weird about that shit. Um, thank you guys. Uh, hopefully I'm not turning you off with any kind of current event talk. Um, I'm not going to try to stamp on it. Believe me, folks. We're, we're, I'm, I'm fo- my be- I know my beat. I know my lane. I'm trying to stay in it. Um, but sometimes you just got to speak for, for what's right. So much love to all my brothers and sisters. I don't give a crap what color you are. I, I love all of you guys. Um, hopefully you guys are staying safe. Good luck on your picks and plays this weekend. The only thing I guess I will ask, I'm not going to ask for any of the click-throughs or any of the donation stuff, but um, just just hit the subscribe on on YouTube. Um, Especially if you're listening to this on YouTube, hit that like button, hit the subscribe, and and, and share. Um, 
pretty low subscribers. Going to be trying to build that up here in the future as well. Really appreciate the support, guys. I'll see you guys uh, on Sunday or talk to you on Saturday. We'll definitely see you next week for the breakdown. Until next time, protect your next.